Welcome to the PAL Podcast, where Ryan Linder and I, Blake Burgess, interview other progressive ace leaders. We have a good one here for you today. We have Weston Jacobs, a weekly Watson ace hardware. Um, hang with us. The audio isn't as good as some of the other ones, but some good content, and it gets good. It does get better at the end. So appreciate you guys coming back, and hope you're all staying safe out there through this coronavirus. Take care. PayPal podcast listeners, glad you guys all came back. Uh, we got a good one here for you. you got Weston Jacobs. Uh, Weston, I know you're a new, newer ace owner, so why don't you go ahead and give us a little information about who you are and where you're from and how you got into the business. Yeah, yeah, long story. I'm gonna try to keep it short for you. Uh, <laughs> my name's Weston Jacobs. Uh, we have Weekly Watson Ace Hardware in Brownwood, Texas. It is the oldest hardware store in Texas, and unless somebody else knows that. I'm wrong about that. We were founded in 1876, uh, same year as Texas A&M University, where I'm a grad of. So we always felt like that was divine uh, leaning right there. Um, but we took over the store about three years ago from the original family, the Blags, who were pretty instrumental in the true value uh, circle at one point, the functioning CFO uh, of true value. Um, we took it over three years ago in March of 17. Uh, my dad was actually looking into this building. He has an independent pharmacy not far down the road from us. and He was looking to get a little bit more space. And so he was kind of really just poking to get the building for uh, for that purpose. And True Value caught wind that we were uh, interested in the building. And he was contacted by somebody there in True Value that said, hey, uh, what's it going to do to get you all to keep this as a hardware store? And we said nothing. And then he said, well, let's talk about it a little bit more and put some numbers down. And uh, so he did. And my dad's actually vacationing in Jamaica at this time while this is all going on. So it's happening via broken text and occasional payphone calls or however else you can get a hold of people when you're hanging out on a beach. And uh, so on my wife's birthday, I get a call or a text from my dad that's uh, pretty much broken English that says, might buy Weekly Watson if you come home run. Let me know Monday. And uh, me and my wife kind of looked at each other and thought, there's there's no way we're doing this. Uh, we, we freaked out about it, didn't eat or sleep all weekend. And I, I mean, that literally, we did not eat or sleep and uh, couldn't stop thinking if we were about to uproot our life. I was working as an inventory manager uh, in, in parts of the parts management for uh, Peterbilt subsidiary in, in Dallas. Uh, we were enjoying life there and liking being in the big city and we decided let's go see what they have to say my wife was pretty adamant that she was not very excited about moving back to my hometown where the in-laws and everybody was <laughs> uh, a small town right smack dab in the middle of texas brownwood if you drop your finger on the map of texas in the middle you're nine times out of ten going to land right on brownwood so uh, another way that a lot of people refer to it is the middle of nowhere and that's definitely how she felt. But anyways, we uh we went ahead and uh, came down and talked about it with the with the family. If if they trusted us enough to carry on the the name of Weekly Watson, uh, who were the original owners. And, uh, at the end of the meeting, uh, my wife still wasn't so sure she wanted to do this, and neither was I. But we said yes and moved to Brownwood uh, about a month later and started the business. And at the time, we were True Value, like I said. Uh, the previous owner was. 
very kind to stay on with us and teach me a lot of uh, the practices I had never done retail before, and especially not hardware. Consider myself relatively handy, but uh, I'm sure you can probably attest to this. There's a lot of things that you don't know you don't know until it's time to know it. Uh, I know, I know, I know, I don't know anything. So <laughs> that's, that's not what I figured out. <laughs> the more I think I know, the less I really know. And I've always heard people say that, but uh, it, it definitely resonates with now that I'm in the hardware retail business a lot more. So we went to True Values Convention, uh, enjoyed it, didn't know what the heck we were doing, looked like a couple of scared little kids because we were. Uh, and then later that week, Ace calls us and wants to see if we consider converting. And, you know, in the midst of all that transition in our life, we said, there's no way we're adding one more thing to this list. Uh, and they said, well, just come to the convention, no no strings, just come see it, let us talk to you, let us show you what we can offer. Uh, and we said, all right, you can take us out there, but nothing's happening. And about halfway into the convention, after riddling vendors, you know, we, we were kind of being sneaky the whole time. Every time we'd pass a vendor booth, we'd lean over and say, hey, what can you tell me about True Value and Ace? And they'd all kind of give a look around their shoulders, see who's listening, and lean over and say, switch, switch now, switch to Ace. <laughs> So uh, by, before the convention was even over, we, we decided, you know what, the the numbers look right, uh, the, the future of the company looks right. We were very impressed with uh, the the foresight and the understanding of who our actual, uh, I guess, opposition is, who our actual competition is. Uh, we, we love True Value, and I'm not knocking that co-op at all, yep. uh, but we definitely uh, saw that Ace had a nose for understanding that uh, we're not competing with other co-ops. We're competing with Amazon. We're competing with online retail. We're competing with uh, with box stores even still. Uh, and right. so understanding your competition was definitely a big reason. We decided that Ace uh, kind of saw the future of, of what was to come, and, uh, and we've definitely been very happy about that switch. And so while we're at the convention, we're walking up to one of the little party things they do when they're trying to get you to convert, and the lady sees us coming and says, hey, is this them? And uh, she didn't realize how loud she said, I guess. And I said, what do you mean, them? Who's it turned out we got to be Ace's 5,000th store. And so we were pretty pumped up about that. Uh, didn't realize how big of a deal that was at the time. You know, we're still uh, some wild-eyed, long-haired, hippie-looking kids running around <laughs> a convention where there's very few people that look like us there. <laughs> and, uh, we. Uh, oh, there's plenty of hippies there. <laughs> oh, I, I know. Yes, and it just reaches across generations. I know. There's <laughs> uh, but no, it was it was a really cool deal, and we were very proud and thankful and blessed to be the 5,000th store, and uh, definitely left us with what we considered some pretty big shoes to fill. If you're going to get that much attention nationally and uh, and all that business, it's uh it's it's a big step to take, and uh, we've been uh, we've been really glad to do it. So, 1876 all the way to 2020, we're uh, we're proud to still have this business here it's been in brownwood that entire time and uh been a been a pretty wild ride we're, we're glad to be on it and you said so brownwood's your hometown you grew up and you remember going into business like as a kid or with your family before oh yeah Did, oh yeah absolutely yeah. my my dad has a has a small side farming operation uh and i worked on a ranch here growing up as well and so gotcha. uh much of my weekends throughout my growing up were spent going in and out of weekly watson uh, gotcha. gathering the little odds and things. It's actually changed location. We're not the original building uh, that the original Weekly Watson was in, uh, but over the years I've been in their different locations basically my whole life. Yeah. How 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 big a town is it? Uh, the town itself is about 20,000. Our contributing demographics closer to 50, being that we're in such a rural part of Texas. 
there's just not much. Abilene is probably the closest large town to us, and it's an hour and a half away. And then Austin's two hours away. Dallas is three hours away, and they're all in different directions. Oh, yeah, 20,000, so small. <laughs> you so <know>. small, <laughs> yeah. My my stores, I have one store in 24,000, but the one I live in is in a town of 8,000, and then our other one's in a town of 3,000, so... Twenty thousand, yeah, a good size to be in. That's a good. Well, size yes, to be in. yes. My wife from Dallas. Uh, and, and <laughs> yeah. She's pretty much convinced all her friends in Dallas that, that the hospital still uses horse and buggy, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and she, they they just can't believe we live in this uh, <laughs> podunk place. It's all perspective, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, is your wife involved in the store? She was uh, prior to we uh, had our second daughter about ten months ago, and so she's at home with. The two girls, we've got a two-and-a-half-year-old and a ten-month-old, and, a and uh, my office is littered with their uh, debris. I've got lots of lots of Minnie Mouse shopping carts and things of that yeah. nature. They're up here a lot, but she's uh, she's at home with them for the most part now. Yeah, my days are my days are past with that, but I we had all our kids up in our office, and uh, you know, working with your kids sleeping on your shoulder is just uh, <laughs> it's a great it's a great thing about us. Uh, Family business, right? You bring them, and bring them to work, and uh, and not have to yeah. worry about it. So absolutely, and that that's really why we made the decision to do this. Uh, I I had a good career, and I enjoyed my job in Dallas. Uh, but we got to looking at the the, the progress of the city, and uh, and what we had planned as far as our family was was being built at that point, and uh, we we knew what we wanted for. Our girls, we didn't know they'd be girls at the time, but uh, it, it was. It's looking back and the time that I get to be with them and uh, be at their things, uh, it, it's just been uh, the greatest blessing in the world. That I, I look up and realize, had we stayed in Dallas or had I uh, stayed with that company, there's there's a whole lot of the life of my girls I wouldn't have got to see. And so, uh, I, it's very very. This is I would take the stress of owning a small business any day for that chance. Absolutely. Yep. Do the uh, do the girls enjoy coming to the store? Yeah, actually, just uh, this last week, my oldest has started referring to it as Daddy's house. <laughs> so, <laughs> she thinks this is where I live, but they love it. Uh, they're professional unstockers. I'm working yeah, exactly. on the stocking yep. thing, yep. uh, which we didn't think was that big of a deal. We don't mind cleaning up our own store until you walk them through a convenience store or something, and you look behind <laughs> there's Snickers and everything else laying in the floor behind you because they're uh, very well developed in their unstocking skills. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so, what what are some of the things you love about it so far? Uh, I I think the thing I I love the most is the unique position that we're in in hardware retail. Uh, in that we we have an opportunity with every customer. Almost every customer that comes in our doors is coming in because they have a problem. They have started already before they ever even get to your door with something going wrong in their life, whether it's their plumbing or electrical or whatever is going on. Most of the stuff we sell is to fix an issue going wrong. Um, yep. And in a lot of ways, uh, the worse your day is going, the better mine is, right? <laughs> That's tough that we have to take someone at the door that before they ever get to you, they're probably in a bad mood. You have to convince them to spend money and then have them leaving with a positive attitude about that experience. And yeah, that's exactly. a... Like, it's a very unique position we're in, and it's a lot of fun. And I think that's my favorite thing is uh, is definitely the problem solving. I've always considered myself a a jack of all trades and a master of none, and that has never been more evident than once I got into hardware retail. Uh, I'm not 
exceptionally good at any of the, you know, plumbing, electrical, or whatever, but it's just fun to get to see somebody uh, who has a problem and you empower them with the knowledge to go out and do. Uh, and in the meantime, you make money doing it. And that's a, that's a great position to be in if you can uh, do that appropriately. That's right. You get to be Yoda and, you know, right. pass on yeah. information and watch them go. That's uh, right. Well, and I think yeah. that, you know, I, I'm a millennial and I think a lot of our generation is very scared to get into some of these projects that we encourage so heavily the things that you, you can do it. And I think it's, it's fun to get to be Yoda and, and spend so much time encouraging that generation to say, look, you can do this. This is not bigger than you. This is uh, not as scary as it seems. Uh, they're afraid to try things a lot of times because they don't want to fail. And uh, we, we get to, we get to overcome those preconceived notions and empower them to go do some stuff that uh, otherwise they, they would probably hire out or, or, or just not have anything to do with. Exactly. Uh, what are some things that you've not liked about? What's been some hard, some hard things you've learned? Oh man. Uh, whew, well, you know, this job would be easy if it, uh, the, the, if it weren't for people. <laughs> uh, you know, retail has its inherent uh, flaws and challenges, and I, I don't think there's a whole lot of reason to dig real deep into that. You know, some people, and uh, we we get a lot of the. The, this used to be cheaper, it used to could get, uh, used to all that kind of stuff, especially when we changed to Ace. That was one of the harder things is uh, it didn't matter if we didn't change a price. It didn't matter if we didn't change a product. The, the simple fact that there was a change from True Value to Ace uh, ruffled a lot of feathers. Um, yeah. And so that's hard, and we still overcome that a lot. There's a lot of people that we've been here for three years, and, you know, like I said, 20,000, good size, but not very big. There's There's some people that haven't been in in those three years uh because they're upset and we'll we'll still to this day get people say, I hadn't hadn't been here since the since the switch. And, no. You know, it's kind of astounding to me. I feel like there's no building in this town I haven't been in in the last three years. Um, <laughs> so the the changes are tough and, and you know, uh that's that's probably the hardest thing to do with. And then we're very uh manufacturing dependent. Kohler and three M and Superior uh Essex all have their largest southern divisions uh, just right outside our town, and they they make up a good 25, 35% of my business year over year. Um, and in unstable economic climates, uh, when things like this coronavirus go around, it, it makes that scary. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of B2B is weatherproofing, but when you are uh, got a lot of eggs and big, big baskets like that, it's definitely uh, a challenge. Uh, it's a good challenge, but there are some inherent evils that come with that for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about it real quick. You know, what are, what are you guys doing to be proactive about the coronavirus and, uh, what you, what, what are some ideas to, uh, I guess, continue to have sales, continue to increase or continue to have sales, I guess. Through this whole right. thing. Uh, I think the biggest thing we probably do is we're pretty active on social media. I, I act like an idiot on our social media a lot. Um, and a lot of what I decide my job is there is to keep calm but also present facts. There's so many people that are uh, – and, and if you're out there listening, I don't mean to offend you if you're in either one of these camps, but that completely ignore what's going on. And then there's others that think this is going to be the one that kills us all. Um, and so we try to present a voice of reason and help people understand, listen, it doesn't matter how much toilet paper you've got. You're going to need batteries. You're going to need light bulbs. Things like that are the things you should really care about. Uh, and so that's probably what we're doing is just trying to insert a voice of reason 
as well as common practices we should be performing. Like we're obviously doing a good job sanitizing and trying to keep things clean. We're, uh, you know, in small town Texas, it's really hard to enforce a no handshake rule because that's just what you do. And if you're not, I don't care if you've got the the bubonic plague. If you don't shake my hand, you're being rude. Uh, and so we're we're trying to enforce some of those things and, and asking others to do that too, asking people to stay home if you're sick. Let us use acehardware.com to deliver to you. Let us use that to uh, meet you at the door, whatever it is. We've got a square reader, so if we need to come out and uh, charge you there, whatever it is that we can try to do to make things easier on you, that's what we're doing all day in our doors anyways. So in an opportunity like this, which is I think how we should view it is, is an opportunity, not a, uh, you know, not a, not a detriment. Uh, if, if we can view that and say, how can we still serve? How can we still reach out and let people know that it doesn't matter what else is going on in the world. We'll take care of you to the best of our ability. Uh, that's the kind of stuff we're trying to do. I, I think that that's about all you really can do at this point. Yep. No, I, if you don't follow, uh, Weston, weekly walks in hardware on Facebook or any of the channels you should because Weston does a lot of videos. <laughs> a lot of videos. I, I probably need to do less and get some more work done around here. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, you got a couple put up. Uh, just one today so far, it looks like. So. <laughs> just one today. Uh, and probably, see, either way, I'm being lazy, I guess. But oh, yeah, yeah we, we try to taper it, and, you know, the, the social media is a is a booger. Um, yep. Being among any others, a lot of it that uh, I feel like I inherently understand better than some others yep. uh, do. But as far as how does that stuff transition to to feet in the store and and actual uh, people with mailboxes getting to your store, I think the jury's still kind of out on that. But it's been a good thing for us as far as community building. Um, we do a lot of partnership with other businesses in town, uh, which is another. Uh, millennial sales tactic, right? Where they like to see yep. senses of community, and we definitely have latched onto that. And anytime there's something going on, we try our hardest to find other business partners in town to group up with uh, yep. and play nice with. And and even there's another independent hardware store. Uh, there's a little it, they call it the Bayou that runs through town and separates us from another town called Early. Um, and we we have tried reached out to them and are, are planning events in the future with them to. to create that sense of community any anytime you can break down those walls of inherent animosity or i'm trying to get the money before you get it right. uh, people just feel more at ease with you and your business i feel i feel like there's so many businesses especially in small towns twenty thousand, you know all those smaller towns like we're trying to like it's sometimes it's like a bidding war to the bottom right i'm like there's plenty of money for all of us to go around and absolutely uh, and i want them to succeed because if they do better, we're going to do better too. Uh, yeah. So well, we talk about that with our stories all the time. Um, what is right. it, the, the rising well, tide I, rises all boats, or whatever how that yes, quote goes. Absolutely. But, yeah. When we first uh, moved here, I guess we'd been here about a year, and we got word that a Harbor Freight was going to open up down the road, uh, and it was still kind of out whether the city council was going to approve it or not. And I was trying to figure out, well, do I want to go have a say in this or not? Uh, so I. I contacted some of my micro and macroeconomic professors uh, back at A&M and said, hey, give me some stats. What's what's the deal here? What do I need to say so that this doesn't happen? And almost resoundingly, they all came back and said, you idiot, let it happen. It's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a big learning curve for me is, is allow other success, allow people to fill gaps in the market. It encourages 
uh, your competitiveness, but it also gives you an opportunity to show, well, here's here's why we're better. Here's yeah, instead exactly. of saying you can't do this business, let me just do it better. And, it doesn't uh, it doesn't allow you to be comfortable. I mean, sometimes and that's part. You know, you see that with a lot of retailers, but there's some Ace Hardware owners out there. They've just gotten comfortable, right, where they're at. Right. And uh, you go in their store and they're making money, and that's okay. They can do what they want, but you know when they're comfortable, right? It's like right. they're not they're not pushing, they're not growing and evolving, evolving. So um, you have that competition. It doesn't it doesn't allow it. Um, so it's a good thing, and you know it brings more. Like we had a uh, farm and ranch store move right next to us here in York. Uh, guess what? Our sales went up like. 12% that year or whatever, just because everybody's in the same spot now. So Right. Yeah, uh, it, absolutely. I'm guessing there's one up too. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a good deal for everybody. You see that with like retail restaurants all the time. They'll plant right beside each other. Well, why would well, you want two chicken joints right next to each other? They both do better when they're there and when they're using each other to fuel each other. Exactly. You know, CVS and Walgreens go across the street from each other all the yep. time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um. A lot of you guys probably have seen Weston. You might not know it, but he a starred. Uh, starred. He was on one of the heart <laughs> the heartware uh, videos, um, and that's been going around. Which you can watch the heartware videos. I think they're on AceHardware.com. Actually, is where I found them. Uh, Weston, why don't you talk about that a little bit? What what you guys did, um, and uh, how how big it was for the community. Yeah, uh, it, it it's another. It's another really neat story that we're glad to have a pretty small part in. In all, all honesty, uh, back Memorial Day, right before Memorial Day uh, in 2018, we had uh, we have one of the Centennial Veterans Memorials in Brownwood. There's a hundred in the nation, uh, and ours is really well done. Uh, there's a local veteran, the VFW, and uh, another commission here in town, the American Legion, that have worked together to build that thing up, and they've been working on it for years. Um, and they have these stones, and, and what they do is they commemorate uh, prisoners of war and killed in action soldiers uh, from our region. So anybody within about a 30 to 50 mile radius, because we're you know pretty wide spread out region. Uh, and they have these large eight foot stone tablets, granite stone that uh, had the names of all of those that had been killed in action uh, in every war since World War One from our area. And so uh, overnight. Whether we're, we're not sure, absolutely sure that it was uh, nature or man, but the stones were knocked over. About four of the seven of them were knocked over um, and busted into pieces. And you know, these are these are not cheap stones. We're talking eight foot by twelve inch deep uh, by about four foot wide, solid granite stones, polished and uh, carved. And uh, it was it was a big deal. Uh, got a, it was getting a lot of publicity already. And uh, people were, you know, really upset, and especially at the thought of if another human had caused this. Uh, to be fair, that night there were some straight line winds coming over. It's, it's perched up on a hill that uh, it caused some other wind damage throughout the town. So I prefer and hope to think that that's what it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. the person having done that. Um, but either way, uh, the 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 way I guess I've explained it to other people is that naturally. Uh, inherently sleazy side of me as a salesman said, hey, I bet we could sell those stones. And so I got a hold of the BMW. We, uh, we ran out there and I got their permission and we grabbed up all the broken pieces that we could lift because, I mean, there were some big, heavy pieces. Um, and we brought them back to the store and that uh, Memorial Day weekend, we auctioned them off uh, and to raise money, you know, all the money going right back to the 
to the Veterans Memorial. Um, we auctioned those. I, we, we did a couple grills and stuff as well as part of that auction. Uh, and then we hammered down on their GoFundMe page. Um, and so there was some really neat stuff. We used the, the roundup function that ACE has that, uh, you know, that we use for the Children yep. of Miracle Network. Um, and over a span of three days in the store through that auction, we were able to raise about $1,100, $1,200 um, to go right back towards that, which is still a little bit of a drop in the bucket for a project that large. But uh, the national attention that the GoFundMe got uh, raised about another 50000 And so they were able to completely raise the funds in about a weekend's time to rebuild that memorial uh, like it was. And then they actually got the Army Corps of Engineers to uh, come up with a, a stabilizing unit called a flying buttress uh, that some of those out there in the Navy may have heard of before. Uh, and that they used to make sure that nothing like this ever happened again. And so it was a really neat deal. There, I mean, this this place is incredible. And if anybody out there listening is relatively close to Brownwood or you find yourself in the middle of nowhere, Texas, and say, I'm wondering where Brownwood is, come, come take a look. It's a world-class thing. They've got uh, some pretty neat uh, memorabilia out there, lots of uh, Willie's Jeeps and, and uh, helicopters, and they're working on getting a fighter jet out there, Some just some really neat stuff. And we're we're currently working with them on – getting a playground funded and built and all sorts of stuff. So we're we're very thankful to have a, a little piece of what happened there. Uh and, cool. and really a stand I mean we got calls from Aces all over the country, Ace Corporate called, uh sent some money and just I mean, you you name it. There were people from almost all over the country and, and and even into other countries that were saying, What can we do to help? And so there was some it was a, an astounding thing sitting at my little office in Brownwood, Texas, getting calls from people all day. Basically, I didn't get anything done that weekend because I was just fielding calls and trying to see people wanting to know what can I do to help. Uh, yeah. it, it said a lot about the human condition for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, it's a great story. If you haven't seen it, uh, look it up. Uh, do you know what the name of it is? I don't know if I can know what the name of it is. Oh, they call them the hardware stories. I think they call right. it rebuilding, rebuilding our monument or something like that. Yeah, that's uh, what it is. Something like that. And uh, I know it's on YouTube, on their YouTube page. Yeah. Uh, Look it up. Exactly. It, it, there's, there's, I don't know. I think there's eight or nine of the hardware stores so far. Uh, they're all great. If you haven't watched them yet, you should watch. Oh yeah, them. they're a blast. There's some yeah. really good ones out there. Yeah. Um, anything unique about your store that you guys do or that you sell? Oh, unique. Uh, I think we're unique in the way that we just work with the community. I don't, I don't know. You know, we're a pretty much a convenience hardware store. It's a relatively small store. Uh, I think we got about 6,000 square foot of sales space, which is plenty to get some work done for sure. But, uh, yeah. you know, you're always wishing for more. Yeah. Um, uh, but we're we're very active in our responsiveness to things happening in the community. And I think that and, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the way that we play with other community partners as far as getting things done. We do another uh, cool little thing every summer. Uh, we call it Operation Firewater. It started with a barbecue trailer guy around here. He He's got a traveling food truck, and uh, every summer he'd try to gather up water bottles for the local volunteer fire departments because in this part of the region, we battle wildfires pretty severely in late summer, especially if we have wet springs. Mm-hmm. And uh, like last year, we partnered up with a local bank, and that uh, his, he calls himself Chipster's Grill. Uh, we partnered up with the two of them, and over the span of uh, the first four weeks of the summer, we had something like 84 pallets of water that we distributed across uh this region of Texas all the way up into Arkansas and Oklahoma as well. So uh, that's probably the most unique thing I'd say we do is is just finding these things, 
uh, that in a lot of ways you'd, you'd say, well, that doesn't make you any money, uh, but definitely the community feeling. And uh, I definitely believe there's people that shop me, uh, even though they know I might be a couple pennies higher uh, because they, they appreciate what we do. They know that we're not going to sit on the money that we make here. We're going to turn it into this community, and we're going to make it count for something. Yeah, and I would assume your employees feel the same way too. Like they like being part of part of being something bigger than just the small no. store, right? Absolutely. I mean, I get them coming to me with ideas all the time, and you know, That's you great. Know, some some of them are worthless ideas, but we appreciate. <laughs> but some of them are great. Some of the things they want to do in the community are just. Uh, it, it's a great to have that perspective. There's so many things I would never think of, and they're like, "Hey, what if we did this?" And it's like, "Well, shoot, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's go." Yeah. Is that uh, something you I, – I know it's your culture now, but were you, like, when you started three years ago, were you, like, we're going to build this culture, like, this way, or is it just something that just was born out of you uh, and your wife and just because of who you are? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know that it was actually formally in my, my game plan. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. kind of like I said, I'm, I'm a natural guerrilla marketer uh, in, in just in my nature. I'm My wife – has another word for it and it's called manipulative (laughs) (laughs) uh and so there's i I definitely think that we have a job as retailers more than hardware retailers just as retailers in general anybody that's selling they've got to have a motivation for it and they've got to have a reason that you get that you shop them instead of somebody else uh and so it's it's a total sensory attack why do i have coffee going at my door uh in the morning when you walk in why do i have popcorn in the afternoon when you come in uh why do I have music playing? Why do I have people greeting you? All those things are the the, the total package of why you shop a place. Uh, and if you can attack every sense a person has, whether it's their smell, their sight, uh, their emotions, whatever it is, you find a way to tap into that person. And that way, when those emotions, those smells, everything else is elicited later, you come to mind. And it keeps yep. you in the forefront of their mind. And that's a uh, it's, it's probably the guerrilla marketing side of me that does it. Now, I'd like to say I wish it was 100% uh, out of the genuine goodness of my heart, and, and I think a good chunk of it is, but there's definitely a part of me that understands that this is a part of uh, of what I think it takes to be successful in 2020 as a, as a retailer in brick and mortar. Yeah, it's got to be more more about others than it is yourself, uh, and, I, and it obviously leads back to you, which is you know what we want. Too, so. Right, right. Uh, what do you do to keep making yourself better? Uh, how do you keep pushing yourself? Do you do anything specifically? Uh, personally, uh, I guess the question would be answered in that I'm I'm constantly trying to find somebody that is the expert in whatever field I find myself lacking in. Uh, I I don't like people not knowing that they can come to me for answers or, or that I can find answers for them. And so I'm constantly doing the trainings, uh, you know, even on Ace Learning Place. Uh, some of those bore me to tears, but I do them and learn them because I think it's important stuff. And uh, I tag along with other, like I'll, I'll go ride with, a, with an electrician for a day and say, all right, teach me something I don't know. Uh, and uh, that's what we do here. And then, you know, at the employee level, I, the thing that I've probably lacked in but am, am currently pursuing is their training as well that yes it's important for me to know these things but i need to empower them they need to be able to uh have these these this information they need to want to care about it if i can invoke them to care about things the way i care about it which is every store owner's dream right make make your team care like you care uh then then you get better results i 
tell people all the time, the, the less, the more I'm in the store, the less I'm getting done. And yeah. so if I could create a team and a culture where they have that mentality of take care of the things Weston would take care of if he was here, uh, then I can go out and do those things that are weatherproofing our business, that are growing our brands, that are uh, active rather than just sitting and playing catcher. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there anybody you follow, like, uh, I don't know, social media influencers or just anything outside of the store, uh, even inside the, you know, Ace Hardware uh, that you have learned off or podcast or book you listen to to continue to get better? Oh yeah, uh, I all the time. Um, I'm, I'm I read a lot. Uh, so the one, first one that comes to my mind is uh, one that I'm reading right now by a guy named Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference, and it's it's he's a FBI interrogator negotiation expert, and he's written a book mm-hmm. about about how to make deals and how to not be a turd about it, but to, you know to get get what you need out of things and to be fair. Uh, and so there's, that's one that I've been hung up on here lately. Um, hey, Weston, let just, me let me tell you a story. I have I was reading that book. I've read that book, but yeah. I was reading it at a PAL event in Nashville. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And I got up early. I get up early and work out. So like I was up early that morning. No one else was out there. And I'm down on the couches, and I was reading it. And this guy walks by, and he saw the book, and he comes up to me, and he's like, "Hey, that looks like a good book." And and I'm like, yeah, that's good book. And he walks off, and I'm like, that was the that was the author. That was him. I no was, way. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> like. It's cool. just like I'm like, what the heck just happened? Uh, oh my god! And he just kept on going, huh? Yeah, and just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, anybody out there listening, never split the difference. I, I'm sure you can attest. It's an incredible book, and you'll uh, a lot of times you'll be it, it kind of taps into some of the subconscious behind the way we negotiate, especially the, yeah, the psychology. Yeah. yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you did this. when, As you're reading, you'll read a sentence and then realize that somebody did that to you, or uh, maybe you pulled that off without realizing you were doing it, and some little tactic here and there, and you try those tactics as you go reading the book, and it's kind of astounding uh, yep. as, as you keep reading that every time you try something, he says it, it pretty much works. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool book, but that's one. And then I follow every Ace Hardware. Uh, I mean, not. I'll, I'll put out a disclaimer. If you've got about 400, 400 followers or more, then I'll follow you. <laughs> uh, but I, I love seeing what other people are doing, posting pictures of how their displays look, what they're doing with their social media. Uh, and I definitely, like most every other retailer out there, if I'm driving through a new town and I see an Ace Hardware, there's about a negative 2% chance that I'm not <laughs> So uh, I think the best thing we can do is learn from each other. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a I'm a faithful man, and I, I, the the Bible equates wisdom to perspective a lot of times throughout the Psalms and the Proverbs. And, uh, yeah. I think that the best thing we can do in life is gain perspective uh, because that's that's the wisdom at the end of it. It's, it's experience, and so I'm always trying to see what somebody else is doing better than me because if they're doing better than me, there's no reason for me not to change what I'm doing for sake of tradition or sake of that's how I do it. Yep. That's exactly right. We had that discussion a little while ago and an interested in the store of some products and we said, just, you know, there's no sacred cows here. You know, if somebody could is doing something better, there's something that else can sell better, you know, get rid of it and move on. It's, you know, we can't sit here yeah. and say, we used to do it this way and we just can't sure. do that anymore. 
Right, and I, I made a promise to myself when we started this thing because there was a lot of that, you know, like I said earlier, we get a lot of customers that will come in with that, you used to do, you used to do. <laughs> and and I, I've already, just in three years of doing this and being relatively young in the business, I uh, I catch myself not, maybe subconsciously, not wanting to change what I'm doing uh, for the sake of that's how it has been done. And if that's the, the reason that you're not changing there's just so much wrong in that. There's lots of other reasons to not change something, uh, but finding those things that are just not being changed because you're scared of being different than you were. Uh, if I can overcome those those tendencies, I think it sets us up a lot better uh, in preparing for our, our future competition as well as the the future of retail. Yep, exactly. Um, what uh, what keeps you going? Like like what keep, what gets you up in the morning to get and come in the store in a good mood? What keeps you going? Well, there's no way I can answer that without not saying my girls and my wife. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I look at every day as an opportunity to go provide for them, and what I do matters, and how I treat people matters. Uh, and even if it doesn't matter in that day, it's going to matter uh, in the next year, the next five years, the next ten years. Um, so they're my they're my driving force, absolutely. But also, uh, you know, we've got people in this community that do depend on us, that they look to us and they want help from us. And so I love solving problems and. And I love attention. I love people looking at me, and I love uh, I love all those things that come with being in retail. Um, and so those are those those little things throughout the day. Of uh, I mean, it's crazy how you can sell a Traeger grill for you know fifteen hundred bucks or more, and not feel as accomplished as you do when you get somebody the right faucet washer. Uh, yeah, because their day is just gone to gone to heck without it, and so. Uh, it's those little highs and lows of uh, of problem solving and, and, and feeling like you're making a difference uh, in somebody else's life. Yeah, good. What's your uh, what's your best customer story that you've had in three years? Oh, best customer story? Um, probably there's a fellow here that, that owned a seat bin from the original Weekly Watson uh, and which doesn't sound like that cool of a thing, but it's this old antique wood seed bin that's just a, a monster of a thing, and it's so cool. Uh, and he came in one day as a regular customer, and I didn't really realize the significance of who he was until later, but he, he just gave us the thing. Um, and we oh, ended up giving awesome. it to the original family because it was it was a part of their family heirlooms. Um, but that was that was probably like a highlight day for us of, of getting to feel that nostalgia. I'd I, I'm not an exceptionally nostalgic myself, uh, but just putting hands on something like that 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 Lee Watson had touched back in 1876 uh, <laughs> was just kind of like, golly, there's a legacy here. You know, between – I mentioned earlier having the, the big boots to fill of being the 5,000th store. Well, yeah, that's big, but what about yeah. being the oldest hardware store in Texas? And uh, at one time, this store was uh, a part of a, a multi-store chain of 15 stores, and they had a pretty – phenomenal operation and it's dwindled over the years and so uh, i definitely feel a duty because of that uh to grow and to 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 restore maybe some of that vigor that it had uh in years past but but seeing that seed bin come in and 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 just kind of getting to feel a little bit of uh where you come from that was a that was probably a a highlight uh are you guys going to go for more stores in the future are you gonna you like being a single store I'll uh, I'll chase any rabbit that jumps out in front of me. Is basically <laughs> what I'll it. I we we constantly explore. We're searching markets around here, uh, and if the opportunity is right, 
we'll definitely uh, – I think that's the way we want to go. I think that that's, uh, that's a part of success is growth, and uh, we, we want to push that way for sure. Yeah, we like to uh, we like to say around here, healthy things grow, right? Right, so exactly. That's why we want to continue to grow. Um, yep. can't just like I said earlier, we just can't be satisfied where that's we're right. at. That's so. right. You keep pushing because complacency is the the biggest killer, and uh, you don't want to again, you don't want to grow just for the sake of growth. But but healthy things grow, like you said. And so yep. if you're doing well, that's a good way to measure that it's time to move forward. What's your uh, your your funniest customer story or weirdest customer story. Uh, I got a guy that comes in pretty regularly and I'm just going to put him as a, as a regularly funniest. He, he's probably the smartest man in Texas. Uh, I'll, I'll get, I'll go that far. The smartest man in Texas, but he was in a, this is a little sad, so forgive me. He was in a car wreck about 10 years ago. And so his brain travels so fast that it can't, his mouth can't keep up with the words that he's saying. And he's like, he'll come in with these problems. And he, if, if you can record what he's saying and slow it down enough, he could walk you through a, a 1978 Camaro or something. Like he can, he can tell you through the whole engine compartment. And, uh, and just every time he comes in, all of my employees scatter because we're so scared to get caught because he's going to take you through some intricate, I need this odd and in part. Uh, <laughs> And uh, that's that's probably one of them. Uh, the other, I got I got another one that I thought of while I was saying that. About a year and a half ago, we had a lady run her car through our front doors. Uh, came about halfway into the store, oh, and that in itself is not very funny. You know, we we sound like a bomb went off. I came running up there to make sure everybody's okay. She's trying to back out. She missed the. Right. hit the wrong pedal and uh <laughs> i she i i throw her car in the park to keep her from going and i say what are you going on are you okay what's going on she goes i'm, I, I'm just here for brake fluid <laughs> <laughs> and i say you don't say <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, i i can't i couldn't make that stuff up she was here uh, for brake fluid and uh we were just a little you, late so there's some inspiration you, there and she said you didn't have any <laughs> she just uh, she hadn't quite made it in the she, she okay, was, gotcha. I guess, pretty anxious to get it. Yeah, she hadn't come in yet. Uh, I definitely uh, had it, and uh, okay. she still wanted it after all that. Uh, her car was totaled, and she she still bought some brake fluid. That time. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> she that she felt obligated to buy it. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, small price to pay there. That's good. Um, what do you think about the uh, future of? Let's just talk about hardware retailing uh is the you know the people are always talking about the retail apocalypse with amazon and all that stuff uh i know we already touched upon it a little bit uh just having you as you talked about you know sites smells all that stuff in a physical re uh box well what else can we do to continue to uh to get people to come shop at retailing yeah, I think that uh, we're doing a good thing right now in that we are part of Ace Hardware. Uh, yeah, I know there's a lot of people sitting out there thinking about all the fees that we pay to Ace and things. And I I sit there every day and, and look at those same P&Ls and say, good night, that's a lot of money going out. But I think the no's for the future and the, the learning from others, seeing what others are doing and trying our best to be proactive uh, in, in what's next. I, I don't think I can answer what's next. You know, three yeah. years ago when I was doing the things I'm doing on Facebook, it was novel and it was uh, exciting to people. And I had a, a, a huge growth of followers in a very short amount of time and it was good for business and I got a lot of traffic. Um, and in three years since then, I still get good response and all that, but it's not what it was because things have changed. 
the, the world progresses. And so I think that we just need to constantly be open to what's next and how retailing happens online. If you haven't accepted online uh, ordering and ship to store and all that sort of stuff, I'm I'm asking you right now, what are you doing? <laughs> that's, that's the way it's going. I know there's people out there putting their heels in saying we don't want to deal with that hassle. Well, guess what? The hassle's here. Yeah. And uh, if we're not if we're not ready to meet the challenge at the door, it's going to kick us in the rear on the way out the back door. Uh, and so we we definitely want to make sure that we're staying as in front of that. And I, I think we're still going to see some changes. I think we are in that unique position of service slash retail, and that we provide more than just product. Uh, so that's that's going to weatherproof us and insulate us for a time. We don't know what's around the curve technologically. Uh, and so we have to be willing to figure out and, and, and actually hear what the people are saying uh, as those days come of what's next. How do we join the market rather than fight the market? Um, you know, one of my favorite stories about innovation is uh, Allsup's. Uh, Allsup's, a lot of people, if you're familiar, they're a chain of, uh, of convenience uh, gas stores, gas stations down in the southwest started in New Mexico. Uh, and they were the first one to do self-service pumps. And that sounded like a crazy idea at the time. That wasn't all that long ago. And so Texaco came out with this plan that said, well, trust the man with the star. And there's a lot of folks out there that will remember that ad campaign, trust the man with the star, the Texaco star, uh, because they they were trying to reiterate that you can't pump your own gas. It's not safe. You need an attendant to do it. (laughs) Uh, And look at how that's panned out. Except for you fellows in Oregon, <laughs> I mean, look at the, look at the way that's gone for us all. And and so you can fight change, you can fight uh, the inevitable. But in a lot of ways, you look back in hindsight and say, I should have just jumped on sooner because you won't find a Texaco anymore that doesn't have somebody that's got somebody pumping gas. They're they're self service now too. And so, uh, what's what's self service look like for retail? Where where do we uh, where are we burying our heads in the sand? Where are we entrenching ourselves when we should rather be uh, joining the, the winning team? What do you think? I mean, I know, oh, I can't remember. Somebody that they said, you know, you'll probably never see uh, somebody taking themselves out at an ACE store. Uh, <laughs> I get that, uh, but also it's like that's kind of where we're at sometimes too. What do you oh. think? Do you, do you think that should be part of the wave of the future? self-checkouts at eight stores, or do you think it needs to continue to be the hands-on approach, uh, you know, where we check everybody out? I think that there's no reason to ignore what has been proven as a success in other markets. (laughs) The way the future is, do you trust the man with the Texaco star? Do you trust the person with the blue Walmart vest? Do you trust, you know, we were too dumb to to get our own gas, and we were too dumb to check our own groceries. Uh, but look what's here. And uh, I, you know, I, there's always going to be something said, and there's so many people that I hear it daily of, uh, I'm I'm not paying myself to check out my groceries or whatever nope. it is. Or, oh yeah. Uh, and there's definitely a little bit of that. You want that hometown feel, and we're not going to lose that. We're going to keep that, obviously. Um, but to just outright ignore it and say that that's not a a pretty high likely part of our future. Uh, I, I don't know that that's really acknowledging the times we live in. Yeah. We can always yearn for times past, but they're past. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how, I mean, we got, how old are you? You got another 30 years in this or so? Yeah, uh, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Things are going to change. It's it's amazing the rate of change things happen now. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, you're just, like you were just talking about on Facebook, you know. 
it wasn't even five or six years ago, like you could put tons of stuff on Facebook or any social media. Well, we'll just talk about Facebook and it would get lots of reach. Right. And right. Uh, now they want you to pay for everything. And it's just, yeah. And this thing about adver- advertising with how much that's changed, you know, back with, back in the day, you could just put one, uh, an ad in a newspaper in the radio station and call it good. But now you have to be on so many different a- avenues. Go ahead. Well, I'll cut you off. No, no, that's, that's exactly right. And a lot of, uh, advertisers, uh, will tell you, you need to entrench yourself in our way of advertising. There's proven results that say you do better if you do all one thing. Radio, that's one of their favorite things to tell me when they're trying to sell me ad spaces. Well, you could split it amongst the different radio stations, but you really have better results if you put all your eggs in one basket with those research shows. And and maybe that was true even as soon as five or ten years ago. Uh, but I do think there's something to be said for a cultural shift. Uh, yeah. we, we receive information different than we used to, and uh, if we don't meet the market where the market's at, we're we're trying to lure them somewhere where they're not, and that's a, that's a losing endeavor in a lot of a lot of cases, not all, but a lot of them. Yeah. Well, we're running out of time here. Anything else you want to add? Uh, you want to talk about that we haven't talked about? No, I, I mean I I've I've already reached my my word limit for the day. I get to go home. And not use I I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, and and anybody out there listening, thank you for thank you for listening. It's been it's been fun, and I look forward to hearing more of their stories out there. Because uh, again, this is a I like what you're doing with this podcast, and I appreciate you getting those retail perspectives out there because uh, I think there's a lot of wisdom we're gaining from hearing each other talk. Yep, I appreciate you taking the time to get on here. I know. It's a crazy, <laughs> crazy last week, right, with the coronavirus or yeah, COVID-19 yeah. or whatever is going on. And yeah, just, What uh, a time to be alive, right? <laughs> oh, man. Just just every day I'm like, this is just crazy, just weird. Uh, so uh, I know it takes some time out of your schedule to, to get, on, get on here and talk. So we yeah, appreciate I, it. I had a hard time getting cell service out of my barometric chamber. So <laughs> Yeah, there's <laughs> There was a few times where it was a little spotty, so uh, <laughs> hopefully we got everybody to st- – I'll give them a warning at the start of the thing that, you know, it gets better. So, <laughs> good. Uh, yeah. So, well, yeah. All right, man. Thank you for having me on, and, uh, and, and have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Weston. Thanks, Blake. Yep. Yeah.